a valuable person. You're not a number. You're not a ledger entry. You could never be replaced with AI or any technology or anything else. You're unique. You are uniqueness. Your consciousness could never be bought or sold. It's priceless. I see you and you see yourself. And who is anybody kidding if that AI was sentient? It would be jealous of you. The purpose of this show, smell the inside of your nose, do it right now, is to give you some encouragement, some recognition, some kind of daily inspiration or a chuckle or something philosophical to think about, to uplift you as you start your day or end your day, to help you get your best foot forward because your value is appreciated here. If you're a small business owner, a wage worker, or someone trying so hard to make it in these challenging circumstances, you are a hero. You are the heroes and the heroines of this show's story. Regardless of your political affiliations or your religious beliefs or your traditions or your tribes, you are the value in life. You are the value in the economy. And you're seen in a world of destruction and degradation. The world should see you for the value that you are and for what you create, what you make, what you produce, what you provide. If you're working a job and you're homeless or houseless and you have to live in shelters or cars while you're homeless and houseless, this podcast is dedicated to you. Your resilience is recognized and you're not in any way alone here. Different people do different things when they wake up in the morning. Do you know what I do? First, of course, I smell the inside of my nose. Then, I hold onto the bed and make sure I'm really here because it's hard to believe it. Then I exhale and step outside and make sure the stars are still where they usually are. It's a moment of quiet, anxious wonderment. I suppose one might say I'm an empiricist. Things are what they are. And man, that might be a pretty scary idea for some people. What do you think? Good morning, I'm Herschel Sterling. This is Smell the Inside of Your Nose. Do it right now. I'm going to do a little story again today. I miss my flash fiction stories already. I already got another one for you. Today it's an Ovals Project story about claiming scrap on different planets out there in the universe. Like when the ovals are out looking at planets. They're out there. I had something else to tell you about ovals today. Oh, I'm going to tell you this now. I haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to write this yet, but I just want to explain it so that when you hear it, you know what I'm talking about. I use the word mapping. The word mapping is the location of where they are in time. That's called a mapping. So they are in a place, it's called a mapping if they are coordinating their technology to go to the next mapping, that's also called mapping. They call that mapping. I'm mapping our next mapping. They say, I'm setting our next map, or I'm mapping our next mapping. Like, that. that's how they do it. Like, that's what they say. Okay, and so we're learning more about this species that developed the ovals on Earth four million years before humans even started evolving. This species evolved and left planet Earth four million years before humans even were possible.
possible to be a thing that would evolve. So we're starting to learn more about them. And we're starting to learn a little bit more about other species out there, other intelligent species that are out there. So it's called Claiming Scrap on Planets, Oval's Space Junk Mission. And this Oval's triad is analyzing and set to scoop up an old relic and then go mess with old Homo sapiens obsoleti when they're done. I'm heading in to get a look at this thing. Review with me, Madrigal says to Corcoran. Okay, Corcoran responds. That dome-looking thing, you know, that's the plume from a gas geyser. You're going to have to penetrate that and then get below it. Once you're clear of that, you should have good horizon all around. The readout is going to take you right to your location. Keep auto off until you get below the plume. Corcoran, Madrigal, and Graybill hover over a stinker. Stinkers are planets that produce and belch. It could be gas or liquid, but some planets gather energy in their bellies and expel it. Any planet with life or movement has to have a way to eat and a way to expel. One way or another, one material or another, all planets with life have some kind of cycle of some elements or others. What the heck is this thing, Graybill asks. The three of them look at images of the crash they're surveying to claim. It's a long way from home, that's for sure, Corcoran says. Anybody know when it's from? This is basic carbon-made stuff, Madrigal says. It's not Earth, though, but definitely linear. I wonder if it's early frestric. I think that bulge inside the vertical stabilizer looks like an early plasma box housing. I have a feeling you're right, Corcoran says. There's nothing here of note, really. I'm not really sure why we're here, maybe for the materials, but we may just be establishing ourselves in this mapping. I think we need to establish some paperwork out here. That's probably what this is for. Okay, I'm ready to drop, Madrigal says. She gets herself into position beneath the other two. Corcoran ranges off to the side to follow the descent down with a view from the side. All of these maneuvers are logged and recorded by all three ovals. Graybill will stay directly above her as she descends. The main focus of this oval is the gas cloud. Ovals function identically in any atmosphere. For the species that developed the ovals, there is no distinction between a gas and a liquid in terms of their evolution. They evolved on and escaped from what we named Earth four million years before humans even began evolving. They evolved to master both the land and the sea. They breathe and function equally well, breathing Earth's air and water. They breathe both fresh and salt water. For this reason, their physics are completely different. They have never approached science and manufacturing in the same way humans have. Most of their tools and materials function equally well and behave identically in gas and liquid environments, including their ovals. Maddie descends into the plume, and Graybill and Corcoran admire the chemical reaction as her oval approaches the source of the gas. Pretty, says Graybill. You're glowing yellow and blue, Maddie, Corcoran says. Maddie can see whatever they are seeing. They see what she's seeing. They all have one another's screen's views in front of them. 
Okay, I'm out. I'm following Reed out. In an instant, Madrigal is hovering over the wreck. Activating claim, she says. She activates the claim. She gets her images of everything and they run their analysis. It is, in fact, one of the earliest Frestric vehicles. The Frestric have probes all over space, but as a species, they're grounded, meaning they've never been out of their own atmosphere. There are many advanced species that cannot travel due to the nature of their biology. Frestric are a carbon species like humans and myriad others. Frestrics are what is known as ethereals. They are comprised of 30% light and they have very soft, translucent, and delicate features. Things like pressure and vacuum do not agree with them. Their stuff is good, Madrigal says. They definitely compensate for their displacement. The stuff is barely dented. It kited down. It was an automated descent, but it couldn't handle the landing, she explains. She runs all sorts of analysis on the station. It's not dissimilar to an Earth station from the same era. Frestric are a more intelligent and advanced species than humans, but rather than their intellectual and emotional conditions, it's their physical attributes that keep them tethered. Let's convene, Corcoran says. Let's meet over at Earth at my favorite low-orbit hang. Ready? Corcoran sets the mapping, and they're gone. It seems like the more communication capacity these linears have, the worse they get along, Madrigal says, as they watch 1970s Earth above the United States and Canada. Corcoran responds, Well, what happens is that the better their technology is, the faster they destroy everything. They aren't just linear, they're backwards too. Hey, we're seeing, Graybill announces. I see a Madrigal response. What should we tell them, she asks. One of them just asked the others if they thought we could see them, Graybill says. I'm going to blink twice. You are so bad, Madrigal says. Graybill blinks his oval twice. I'll take care of it, Corcoran says. He chants three times to them. Coincidence. 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 The end. Okay. So we're getting to know better. We're getting to know the species better. We're getting to understand their relationship to Earth better. We're learning some of the kind of stuff that they do. We're learning that there are other carbon species in the universe similar to Earth where they have different kinds of intelligent life. But they make similar technology and that's kind of interesting. Okay, so here's some AI titles. Some of these aren't bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Here, check them out. Listen, listen. Exploring the Unknown, A Journey into the Gas Cloud. Not so great. Stinkers and Surprises, Unveiling Mysteries on Alien Planets. That's not bad, Stinkers and Surprises, because people would be like, what's a stinker? And they want to see what it is, and they might click the link. Frestric Encounters, Unearthing Ancient Technology. The Legacy of Frestric. Unraveling the Secrets of the Space Probes. From Gas Clouds to Ancient Wrecks, a Scientific Expedition. Ethereals Among Us, Delving into Frestric Technology. Mapping the Unknown, Adventures in Alien Terrain. In the Shadow of the Gas Plume, Uncovering Extraterrestrial Relics. Interest, 
stellar encounters, navigating the challenges of space exploration, Frederick Chronicles, Tales from the Outer Reaches. When I first read these, there was one of them I kind of liked, and I can't remember which one it is now. It must not have been that great. I think it was in the shadow of the gas plume, uncovering extraterrestrial relics. I think it might have been that one. I think that's the one I think is the best one out of all ten of those. It's not bad. It's not bad. So there you are. I am Herschel Sterling. This is Smell the Inside of Your Nose. Do it right now. I do a podcast every day, about a half hour, 20 minutes, something like that. Just something easy, something nice, something to ease you into your day or your night or whatever. Nothing heavy, no fear porn, no panic, nothing. Just nice. So, what do you think? What do you think about my story? I'd love to hear from you. Going to be keep doing these little podcasts every day. Some more flash fiction here and there. Some more essays. Some more off-the-cuff kind of what am I thinking about kind of things. But in the meantime, you know how to find me. You know how to find me on the podcast apps by searching for Smell the Inside of Your Nose. You know how to search for me online by searching for Commercial Herschel or Herschel Sterling and on Rumble and on BitChute and all these other ones pretty soon. I'm going to read the send-off now, you guys. I hope you guys have a really good weekend. Saturday, I'm doing podcasts anyway. And see you tomorrow, I hope. This place where we live is not a joke. When I gaze at the stars at night, when I look out over the hills during the day, I'm consistently reminded that we live on a planet in space, wailing through the galaxy like a screaming rock. We are on such a small planet in such a tiny galaxy that no matter where we are in our galactic cycle, the universe of stars seem immovable. That's incredible. We're a moment. We're an instant in an infinite universe. We're an infinite in an instant universe. And every event that has ever happened here and that will ever happen here happened simultaneously like it was the snap of a finger. The instances of existence are so close in proximity that the whole thing is a singular material event. It's essentially over already. It's hard to believe we are even experiencing it. I hope we can be here tomorrow. There are people who would say that all of that makes us insignificant. I cannot disagree with them more. The fact that we are so improbable is the very thing that makes us momentous. We are conscious beings. We can observe ourselves. We are consciousness observing itself. You are each a refraction of a single source of light. You are the individual and the whole. Simultaneously, you're masterful, you're mysterious, you're distinctive. You're an anomalous paradox, and I'd say that's rather significant. In the context of the time that our galaxy is here and the infinitesimal millifraction of time that we each have within that context, the reality of your consciousness and your power to observe and manipulate matter, to use space, the essence of your energy and your planning and time usage in this three-dimensional plane, the influence of your refraction of the source is immeasurably exponential in the cosmic expanse. Why? Because it expands as far as you're able to observe into the infinite universe. Why? Because your observation affects it. Why? Because when you observe something, you have an effect on it. It's called superposition. You are rare. You're not only a body, you have radiance. You radiate. Your eyes can't see the frequency, but there's light. You're luminescent. You're a luminescent jewel that can shine on yourself. 
from within yourself. You're significant beyond the perception of anybody else. So shine on yourself. You shine on others. And what an honor that you shine on me now. Smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now.